sort of think of it as a nightmare in progress. And welcome to the Debate of the Dead podcast, the show where we uh, don't even really debate often. However, this episode could change that. This could be a real, actual, cutthroat, hardcore, coming for the life debate. Uh, we have a fun movie today to talk about. It is one from 2011. Uh, it is a slasher gem. Usually it is referenced in uh, the case of strong final girls, final women, uh, but it is unique and it made an impact when it came out. It's from a director who you certainly know now if you didn't before. I'm talking about Ty West, who stars in the movie You're Next. Here with me to discuss this uh, little movie is a returning guest to the pod, William Wilson. You may remember him from the popular episode about the strange thing about the Johnsons. What's Hello. up? Hello. Also, the fact that that episode is now number one, your viewership is sick. They're it's disgusting. so funny. Landslides. Landslides above. Like all the episodes, all the other episodes are within a couple different uh, like v- listens of each other. Whereas the strange thing is just on top by like a mile. I love that. People but also it's it. disgusting. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So I understand that you have a bit of contention with this film. Yeah, so... You just saw it for the first time recently, correct? I actually saw this when it came out, like, in in 2011. And when you asked me to come on the pod and you were like, hey, do you, like, have any slashers? And I was like, oh, I, like, the only slasher I actually liked, well, I do like all of them, but the one that only comes to mind, I was like, you're next. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I picked it. And then I rewatched it and I was like, wow, I am not enjoying this this time around. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we are going to get into that. But before we do, I have to announce a new member of the Patreon. I'm slowly building an army and I love it. Sandra A is new and welcome. We're happy to have you. Thank you so much for joining, Miss Sandra. if you have not subscribed to the Patreon yet, you totally should. Go check me out on Patreon. There's a couple different tiers, all kinds of different goodies, a group chat, the Discord, monthly watch parties coming on the show. Shout out to you. Fucking name it. I'm giving it to you. So join the Patreon if you haven't already. But with that being said, let's talk about your next. Please. So. It starts. It begins. Unfortunately. And... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the it, it starts off and we get like a cold open with like a man of distasteful appearance giving it to this woman who is not into it at all who also i'm like 99 percent sure this this guy in the beginning is the director of this movie i'm like almost 100 percent sure um adam wingard no it's not um 
are we sure? I was like a hundred percent sure. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, let me see. This first guy who gets killed. Yeah, no, no, that's that's not the director. Who the fuck directed this? Adam Wingard. And who's the guy in the beginning? <laughs> Larry Fessenden. I may have to cut this because I just made a mockery of myself. <laughs> um, the movie begins with a man of discernible appearance who is not cameoed by the director. <laughs> uh, and they're in this like isolated cabin in the woods. It, there's not really even much dialogue, you know, it's just kind of a moment that happens. Yeah, and... I, we're on the same page so far because like the first two things I wrote down, I was like, why are they fucking like that? It looks weird. Yeah, and it's very I weird. Also... And then I said, this man looks so crusty and she's not into him. Yeah, I don't know what the point of this cold open is other than to give us like a cool flashy title card. And I guess it kind of sets up a teeny tiny moment that happens later in the film. But yeah. uh, basically, they both get fucking slashed. Uh, he finds her dead. And then some Dude, do we see the animal mask yet, or does it just happen off screen, like the slashing? It, it happens off screen, and I'm not That's gonna lie, lie. I'm not gonna lie. I, when like the the girl heard something in the woods, I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. If I heard anything in the woods, I would just like leave that to nature. I'm not trying That's to see nature. Any what are you I'm doing? Not, Don't go chasing the danger in the nature. I'm not trying to see any skinwalkers. Leave that alone. Rambunctious skinwalkers. But, but honestly, like honestly, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't really understand the point of this scene and i don't remember it at all it's not really all that interesting or relevant or great i mean it's just it gives us a nice bloody title card and that's you know that's whatever but yeah. for the most part i don't really like this there's not a whole lot of value in this opening yeah. scene for me uh there's this catchy song that plays though and it's like catchy yeah. in the beat way not in the lyrical way but it's like mm. do, 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 do. And I like it plays on loop. So that's cute. Um, yeah, that's nice. Then, As a yeah. whole, like I have a lot of thoughts on this scene later on. OK, OK, for sure. Uh, but then we get a couple uh, in their middle aged ish couple driving up to this like really beautiful house. It's nice and isolated. It's it's big. It's like I don't know if I'd call it a mansion per se, but I don't I don't know. the. It's not a cabin. You know, it's not like a cabin in the woods. Uh, but we've got our we've got so this is this whole movie centers around a family, essentially. And this is the parents of the family. Uh, I forget their names off the top of my head. I know the guy is Paul because I wrote something about him and I <laughs> okay. named him. <laughs> OK, Um. let me let me get the IMDb up here. Hang on. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yes. Okay. So we've got Paul in Aubrey. Paul is played by Rob Morin, who I have no idea who that is. But Aubrey is played by Miss Horror Royalty, Barbara Crampton. So it's nice to see her in this role. And I, I always like, you know, get, get a little excited seeing her on the on the uh, on the screen. Love her. Love to see it. Yes. Yes. Love to see her. Um, so she is, so we've got mom and dad, Paul and Aubrey, and they are in their car 
driving up, you know, they're they're chit-chatting and they get to this house and the uh, right off the bat they notice that it is unlocked. I would have called the police right there. Right? Yeah. Crush questionable behavior. Uh for sure. And uh it like they kind of brush it off. They're like, "Oh, that's weird. I swear I locked it." And then it cuts to a different couple, a little younger. It's Crispin and Aaron. They are Crispin is the son, one of the sons of this of these two parents, and Aaron is his girlfriend slash fiance. I forget if they're engaged. I yeah, I think boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, so we're we're kind of meeting everybody slowly in pairs since they all kind of come in their romantic pairs as is. Uh, but this whole time, as we're kind of meeting everybody, we're intercutting with the parents, Paul and Aubrey, and Aubrey is like freaking the fuck out, but also kind of rightfully so because she's hearing all these weird noises, things look out of place, definitely giving the vibe that like they maybe aren't alone in the house. Yeah. Are you alone in the house? Sorry, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode of Debate of the Dead if I didn't somehow incorporate Scream. No. Yeah. <laughs> Which like, yeah, she's rightfully like freaking the fuck out because there's at one point where she's like crying because she heard something upstairs. And instead of just like leaving the house and calling the police, Paul's like, I'm going to go up there. Uh, Who yeah, does it's, that? Yeah, it's it's wild, wacky and questionable for sure. Uh, but then Crispin and, and uh, uh, Aaron get into the house. You know, they get all settled in. We're getting a little bit of character development here and there as we are kind of uh, meeting everybody. And then the next morning, we meet the next two, uh, another son. So Crispin's brother, whose name I cannot remember. <laughs> Felix, Felix, Felix. And he has a wife named Kelly. Uh, it's Kelly and Drake. I think Kelly might. Ke this is it's Kelly, Kelly and Drake. Yeah, it's Who Kelly and Drake. Felix? That oh, Felix, Felix is, is the guy, guy with Z. Oh yeah. my god, I'm a mess. I'm gonna have to edit this podcast a little bit. You're all good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. Whoo, recenter. So the next day, we meet the next pair, which is another couple. So we've got Drake, who is another son, and Crispin's brother, and his wife named kelly kelly uh sorry I, just all these fucking white people i don't know what their names are <laughs> they uh so you know there we're getting some playful banter between the brothers however it's 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 pretty clear in the emotion uh, in the emotions here that uh what drake finds play fighting crispin finds as annoying and not fun at all and uh yeah crispin's kind of like being a bitch here but also his brother is like really weird yeah they have like a really weird tension throughout this whole movie where they just it, it's very like sibling rivalry ish and it's very petty for sure and like clearly this family is wealthy they have this giant ass cabin in the middle of the woods and we yeah. learn later that the whole the, essentially this whole thing revolves around money but um so you know rich people problems snotty little brothers siblings but also they're like grown-ass adults like do better Right. Um, so we've almost met everybody at this point. How do you feel about the characters? Are you feeling them? Disliking? Liking? Flat um, range? How do you feel about this this little ensemble that we've got coming up so far? 
at this point, I think Crispin is just a little fucking freak. Like, <laughs> I don't know how about Crispin. Yeah. Can I be vulnerable on the pod for a second? Oh, yes. Crispin looks, in my opinion, identical to a gay porn star whose name I genuinely don't remember. I would I would dox if I did, but I do not remember him. And he's in a, a video that I have returned to in the past quite a few times, and I still to this day have trouble differentiating that it's not the same person. I, you know what? Just for the sake of, I think it would just be funny. What if it is the same person? Exactly. I've never searched into it, and I don't care to, because in my head, in my narrative, my fantasy, that is the moment. It would ruin the mystery. It would ruin the mystique. Uh, so that's all. I just wanted to go on that tangent. That was a very long-winded way of me saying I find Crispin insanely attractive. That's fair, but I, <laughs> I think personality-wise, he's kind of like... He's just like, he gives me an ick. I don't oh, like yeah, him. Oh, yeah, no, he's totally like a little bitch boy. Yeah, uh, his brother gives me more of an ick. I just, I straight up hate him. Yeah, the brother is a mess. He's he's probably the character I am like, you know what? Maybe I won't regret. I won't, I won't mind this perishing sequence. Because yeah. he's just annoying as fuck. Even to the minute, like, he dies pretty much. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I wish he would have died much, 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 much sooner uh fair yeah yeah, yeah. and and i but, think uh, aaron i think she's fine so far i will say at the beginning though she mentions crispin's parents money many times in at least five minutes and i thought found that really? like she mentions it three times in the span of at least five minutes oh my god she was giving off gold digger vibes for you she, yeah <laughs> which like she kind of like um almost immediately finds an off-ramp to talk about something else, which is like, why did you bring the fuck up? Right, right. If it's you there for a plot device, mention doing? it once. What kind of manipulation tactics to get maneuver around any given situation is this? Yeah, so I think as a couple, Aaron and Crispin, they're fine. But They're fine, like, but also, yeah. like, it's a little questionable uh, because he... And they bring this up very shortly after. He is a college professor, and she was his TA. And, like, it's fine and dandy that they stopped once things got intimate. Or, like, they stopped the education. They didn't stop the relationship. They stopped the education relation, the professional relationship. Right. Uh, but it's like, hmm. It's I don't know. They it's not it's not horrible, but it's also it raises some questions based on some of the personality traits that Crispin and this whole family, frankly, bestow as with the film progresses. Yeah, they're all like somehow questionable to some degree. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I to to Crispin and Aaron's uh credit, like is a TA like still a student like or is that just yes. like Okay, yes. never mind. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to college. Yeah, I don't know how any TA, of this shit works. Yeah, a TA is a is a student still. Never mind. Um, disregard everything I just said. Uh, but then, so what happens next is uh, I keep I'm I'm probably gonna call her Barbara multiple times because how can you not? But Aubrey, the matriarch of the family, asks Aaron if she can run next door to go uh, borrow some milk from the neighbor, 
And we know that's not going to go well because the neighbor is dead on the couch, unable to answer the door with that catchy song I was talking about earlier playing on repeat. Which, like, I will say, I love how you can, like, see how, it, like, happy Aaron is where she's like, the mom's interacting with me. Thank God she likes me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so we get another pair that arrive, another son of the family, Felix, and his girlfriend, Z, who is totally, like, a hot goth anime titty chick that, like, people on the internet would lose their mind for. Mm-hmm. She almost gives me, like, I feel like she could be a distant cousin of Aubrey Plaza, the actress. Uh, she might be, wouldn't it? Um, I kind of the it. same vibes. She just has that vibe, you know? Yeah. No, she's not related at all. I doubt it, yeah. But, um, so that's the next one to appear, next two to appear, and they kind of go in the house and say hello to everybody. And then also at this time, we have the daughter in the family. There's one daughter and her name is Amy. Yes, Amy. And she has brought her husband, Tyreek. And of course, I remember Tyreek because he's played by legendary horror director, franchise creator, Ty West. Yes, Love the to man see who brought you X, Pearl, and Will Deliver Maxine right here in this little movie from 2011. I think this is a Canadian movie, too. So, dope. Yes, yes, it is. Um, So, yeah, they do, you know, they're all gathered here for the holiday. I think it's a Thanksgiving moment kind of deal. Uh, and we have a big old family dinner at this giant-ass table, all these chairs. You know, the family's conversing. And is it Thanksgiving if the girls aren't fighting? <laughs> the vibes are just, like, straight up not here. <laughs> like, this, this reunion sucks. Yeah, like it really this... does, because this is when, like, the uh, uh, one brother, Drake, starts coming at Crispin, and he's, like, being real invasive and passive-aggressive. He's like, oh, so, like, are you his student? And Aaron's like, well, I was. And then Crispin's like, we stopped once things got intimate. And then... Oh, my God. The... Fucking... <laughs> I hated Drake this entire scene. He was just yeah. starting shit. He really was. Like, he was... Bitch... If you wanted to stir the pot so bad, you should have brought a motherfucking spoon, okay? Because he's over here sipping on his wine, and then after he, like, it's like, oh, okay, he just goes, I just think it's a bitch. <laughs> like, what a little Chris, bitch. Right? How are you going to mutter that under your breath like a little toddler? And Crispin's like, Chris, uh, props to Crispin, though. He ain't take no shit. He said, I'm sorry, was there a motherfucking pa-ba-ba-ba-lum, bitch? And calls him ass out right there at the table. Which is, is, like, good, because, like, two seconds previously, he was talking to Ty West's character, and he's all, like, what do you do? And Ty West is like, I'm a filmmaker, and Drake just says, hmm, I prefer commercials. Like, shut the fuck up. Right? Like, who the fuck are you, you pretentious little shit, that you're like, I prefer commercials. Like, bitch, get out of here. Uh, but yeah, tensions are arising. The parents are, like, not really trying to diffuse you know they're doing the like boys now children but they're not like actively really trying i think uh, in like the then... heat of the argument where like everyone at the table is like yelling at each other i just wrote down i fucking hate this family yeah i'm surprised there weren't more shots of uh z during this little spat because i bet she is sitting there with like the most stupid half smile on her face <laughs> She probably had her face buried in wine so she wouldn't like show it. 
yeah and like knowing knowing what we know later about her it would make sense yeah. uh and then the action kicks in so we're about a half hour in just a little under and tyreek over here taiwas himself goes to the window for some unknown reason it's kind of unclear he just kind of walks over there and looks out the window and we see we hear a glass break and a little a little shout not even a shout like a little uh splint and the boys over here don't even start art stop arguing uh as they turn and see that mr tyreek has been impaled in the forehead by an arrow which is crazy that like no one heard the window break that shit's loud yeah i agree i feel like that would have been loud like no matter how loud everyone was arguing but then again i guess if they're in like the super heat of the moment and they're like because, you know, Crispin was really going in on his life. Like, he re- he was trying to come for him. He was like, I'm going to emotionally banish this man to the Shadow Realm right now. Literally. Uh, yeah. So, like, I don't I don't blame him in that situation. But for everyone else, like, especially Paul, I think he was the closest to the window. Like, how do you not hear that? Right, 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 right. Uh, so everybody looks at him and gasp. He's dead. Everybody starts freaking the fuck out. And... Uh, they are shooting crossbow bolts through the window and in this little spat here, like, you know, everybody's panicking except for one motherfucking bitch. And that bitch would be Aaron. She is calm, cool and collect. I mean, she's a little panicked and like, like the fight or flight is taking over, but for the most part, she is taking control of the situation, getting bitches down on the floor. She comes up with the idea to hold the chair and run past the window. So that way, if they shoot, they hit the chair instead of their bodies. And she like fully saves a couple people in this little spat here. Drake gets hit in the back uh, with an arrow and a couple people almost get hit, but get saved by the chair. Which is like so smart that she did the chair. That was actually like, all right, good for you. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. And then she Which even I... a step further, grabs a fire poker as like a weapon. So she's really yeah. thinking. I also will say I do love like the camera work in the se- sequence. It's like a lot of handheld movement moment. Definitely. Handheld camera moments. That's so uh, funny because like, like I I don't I don't dislike it by any means, but I do find it to be like too shaky like give me a little bit of focus so i can like yeah. see what the hell is going on but it's not like jarring and ridiculous like some movies yeah it's it's got like some frenetic energy to it which like this is I certainly think no resident needs. evil the final chapter <laughs> i didn't watch that one is it bad it's not even that it's bad i mean it's bad but it's not even that it's bad it's the fact that like after this podcast is over, I will like screen share you just one action sequence. I shit you not, like the whole movie is cut, 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 cut. Like there's like a hundred cuts, not an exaggeration, one zero zero cuts in like a 12 second scene. It's insane. It's that sounds worse than Taken. Have you seen that one scene in Taken where Liam Neeson's jumping over a fence and there's 27 cuts? Uh, Probably, but not in 15 years. <laughs> I'll show it to you after after two. <laughs> For sure, for sure. But um, so they kind of after after they take I wouldn't say calm down, but like take in the situation a little bit more. They come up with this interesting, to say the least, plan in which two people are going to cautiously open the front doors that because they're like double doors at one time. And they're going to send somebody to just sprint out because they think that they're not going to be expecting somebody to be running full speed out of the house. 
it's an it's one of those plans where it's like you're saying it and you're like, all right, I'm listening, I'm on board. But then he's like, that's it, that's the plan. And you're like, maybe a little more development could have been to our benefit. <laughs> yeah. Which like also I think this is where I started getting derailed super fast because I can't oh, believe in, in this. I can't believe in this situation, three of them are arguing over who is faster than the other. Oh my God. It's so absurd. And that's where like the whole rich people snobbiness comes into me. Cause like people are literally dying and the one Crispin is getting all offended because Drake who has a fucking arrow sticking out of his back calls him fat. And he's like, I'm not which is also like drake you're super fucking hurt right now you're not gonna run that fast right and also fucking felix outed himself in this scene too because they're all trying to like use the phones and shit and he's all like they're using a jammer that's like 30 dollars and it's like i noticed that on rewatches on rewatches i'm like boy you be giving off a little too much you know like, I don't care if that's a spoiler to say it that early, but I know no, that he did it from that dialogue right there. Right, right, right. And, and you know, like, I, I remember the first time I saw this movie, I wasn't really thinking, like, that one of the family members could be in on it. Because, like, it shows the people in Animal Mass. So I'm like, maybe this is a random attack. Or, like, you know, I wasn't really thinking motive. I was just kind of on board. Uh, so it did, it did definitely get me that not even one, but two of the family members were in on this two of the sons yeah um but yeah so they come up with this expert plan and they send amy the daughter and it's kind of looking okay you know they give her this like slow-mo run she's like you know living her life and the father is looking at her like that's my baby girl she's gonna save the day but surprise bitch the killers have set up wire uh like chicken wire sort of thing across the front door and that shit and i actually really like this effect and and let me tell you why because it would have been incredibly easy to go the decapitation route with this which is usually what a lot of this kind of setup is uh, yeah. I'm thinking of like 13 sins. I'm thinking of like ghost ship. Uh, you know, usually if we're introducing the thin wire at that level, it's going to decapitate. But in this one, she runs at it at, you know, like her full speed or whatever. And it, it, it slices her throat pretty deep. It essentially slits her throat. It doesn't decapitate her. And I'm like, that's that's pretty like realistic to what would happen if she ran into this wire at that speed. Like it just it gets in there deep enough to really hurt Rust and, and get her dead. <laughs> get her dead. <laughs> get her dead. Uh, and yeah, it, it the like entire fully family slices. Has it, it fully slices both jugulars like it's gone like she's gone. And I'll, I also will say this is by far, I think, the most creative kill I've mm -hmm. seen in a, in a slasher like this. Okay. okay. Like, because it's, it's, it, it just sucks. Piano wired to the throat at full speed. Like, I think of all of the kills, this was the one I least expected. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I expected. I mean, it's been a long time since I saw this for the first time, but I, I'm pretty sure I was I was quite gagged because it's you really don't see that wire coming. Uh, and then it's there and you're like, fuck. Right. Because like, 
even you would think that they would probably like chase her down or like shoot her from a distance, but nah, they just thought someone might make a run for it and they just put some piano wire out. Right, right. Very creative. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's definitely a good kill. Uh, So we, we kind of, I, I wouldn't say there's safety now, but there is a little bit of, of relief where they can kind of plan the next move. Uh, and what to do next. So uh, Aubrey, the mom, just cannot handle this. People are dying, one of which is her daughter. She is, talk about mentally broken, distraught. She's out. So she's she's like, I literally cannot handle this. So she excuses herself from the situation and goes upstairs to basically lie down in a bed and cry and nap. <laughs> which, I mean, like, you know what? If you can't take the heat, she got out of the kitchen. So I, you know, respect. I also think that it's a little odd. Uh, like just a little bit before the mom goes upstairs, Aaron runs upstairs to, to do something and Crispin follows her and, and he almost hints at her that maybe she should stop trying to contact help. Like maybe he doesn't want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, they we do a little check in with uh, Drake as well, mm. who is uh, got the arrow in his back, and at this point he says he's like like the pain is is numb pretty much, like he can't even feel it because mm. of the the shock and adrenaline and everything. And and then that's when Aaron is like, oh yeah, we should we got to make sure all the doors and windows are locked. We got to board up the windows. Maybe we can even hang a uh, SOS kind of flyer from upstairs. And right. like you said, and, yeah, and then Crispin Chris... like tries to discourage, but you know, can't really give himself away. Like you can kind of almost get away with it, but the fact that he was almost like forcing her to stop, I was like, hmm. Right, 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 right. Uh definitely a little suspicious. Uh, and then Paul, the dad, tucks her in because he's like, I mean, sucks that you can't handle it, but like, I gotta go protect our family, girl. Like I can't yeah. to die. And so he he like literally tucks her in and like it's just like, yeah, sleep it off, baby. We'll we'll figure this out. Oh. And then you. thank you. And then after he leaves the room, we see a uh hitman killer lamb mask wearing person emerge from under the bed and it's not looking good for homegirl over here because he slices her up it happens off screen we hear the screams and then we also see the aftermath shortly after so it's i don't hate that it's off screen just because the the aftermath is so viciously brutal that i'm like okay it kind of i see the effect of just discovering it with the characters I also do like the shot of like the mom crying on the bed and the dude creeping out because it's very mm-hmm. like there's an actual monster under the bed this time. It's right. like literally it's a nightmare like, situation. Yeah. And it's almost a reverse of the common trope of the protagonist hiding under the bed from the killer. Uh, this time it's the killer hiding under the bed waiting for the per- the victim. So uh, that's kind of a nice little switcheroo. Yeah. Also, I think uh, it was probably smart to do it off screen because of like how much that hitman had to do. Right. Uh, because he also scribed the emboldened text, you're next on the wall. In in her blood. Which is very nondescript. Who's next? Right. So at this point, and, and you know, Paul is super distraught about this, as is everybody else, but 
Paul more than most. Uh, at this point, what are you thinking? Are you thinking like are you are you guessing that people are involved? Are you thinking this is a random attack? What what is the what is the moment? What's going through your head at at about the halfway point in the movie? I definitely think Felix is in on it at this point, like a thousand percent. And like I said earlier, I had hints of Crispin maybe being in on it because he also said something uh, before they even entered like the the house before the, the, the Thanksgiving thing or the reunion or whatever. Uh, he says that the get together is going to be interesting. And when Aaron prods him about it, he's, he just says, you'll see. And it's like, what? So I think true. He does. He does give that like ominous um, expositionary dialogue towards the beginning. Yeah. So I think at this point I'm suspicious of one, a thousand percent suspicious of one, the other. Gotcha. 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 And I also will say the dad's crying is the least believable thing about this movie. Uh, yeah, it's not necessarily wonderful. Which is like, I get it, but just like do better. Yes. So one of the other girls, one of the wives, is this is this Kelly? I think this is Kelly. Uh, Kelly goes running out uh, to the neighbor's house, but is followed by a uh, lamb mask over here. I, is this a lamb? They all look like lambs. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, is followed by one of the hitmen, and she gets a pretty uh, brutal ass death scene as well. And then the killer just kind of sits next to the dead neighbor who's been rotting for like a minute and like decompresses, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's a little nasty little sequence. This I think is where the scene, this is the scene where I was like, I think they could have cut the intro entirely. Uh, because yeah, I think, yeah. I think the reveal of Eric being dead would have been way more impactful if they didn't show the beginning at all. Like they they showed his corpse in the scene and it feels like it's supposed to be this big reveal. And we mm -hmm. literally see him get axed in the first 10 minutes. So now we're just like, yeah, we we know. Right. I don't and know if I, I was getting reveal from it as much as I was just like, let me show you how demented these killers are, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I think it probably would have benefited the movie and made it like a lot more impactful and like kind of scarier if they had just left that scene out. So when she gets to this house that's close by and finds him dead, it's like, oh, shit, there's actually no help. Right, right. So, so I'm 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 curious because you've 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 expressed your slight distaste for this movie why and where does it start to sour for you where does where does the disinterest come from i think it the the, the glaring plot holes that start popping up around the middle to the end of the movie that's okay, where it so started to come it. in all right we're getting into it okay so i do like scenes of this movie mm -hmm. i like i appreciate some things but as a right. whole it starts to get bad soon okay Okay, so after that happens, we uh, go, we have a little sequence with Aaron. Uh, she has a run in with one of Zekila's, but and, and, and this is a really cool shot of the movie, probably one of the money shots uh, where the killer 
kind of breaks in through the window and then has this like nice slow-mo low angle like entrance to the cabin he's holding like a, a machete or a, a axe or some shit and it's like it's like a really cool little moment and uh felix grabs z and they like run away but uh i do i do very much enjoy this this killer's entrance and he's about to fuck aaron shit up but then she like table turns on him and hits him in the ankle with like a a a meat tenderizer and which you know like if, if someone hits you in the achilles heel like that girl it's a takedown and she she does not waste a second the like teeny little moment she has to take him down she takes him down and she bashes that motherfucker's head in like it's nothing mm-hmm. and z and felix are just standing in the corner like they just have this look on their face like who the fuck is this bitch what the hell which also, I'm just gonna assume everyone from Australia has this sort of training because this she knew exactly what she was doing. It was it was she very did. impressive. I'm and, happy. And that, I also oh go ahead go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. I'm also happy that she's at least thought of everyone maybe getting a weapon to defend themselves with. So I was happy that she, that she started doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Aaron, Aaron really proves to be a dope ass final girl in the span of like 45 minutes, pretty much. Mm. She just she, the way she takes the reins is just uh it, unparalleled to really anything else. I mean, we have we've had plenty of strong final girls in the past, but none that just command the situation instantly like she does. I would say, yeah. Uh, so she takes his ass out and then pulls the animal mask off, and it's like, do any of you guys know who this fucking dude is? And they're like, no. So and that's where I'm. I'm just like okay, this is just truly a random attack. Like these, maybe these will learn the motive later. These are just some random ass bitches. It's not at all like a murder mystery per se. I guess it kind of is in a way, but you know. It's a mystery as to why they're being murdered. Right, right, right. Uh, and then we kind of go back to Paul a little bit and he discovers that in the upstairs closet, there's like, bottles of pee and like food wrappers basically insisting that somebody had been living in that house for who knows how long spying on them learning their routine you know that kind of shit yeah which like i also find it hard to believe that they checked every room in the house at the beginning of the movie and he's just now finding these piss bottles like come on and to be fair this house is big as fuck so checking every room was like yeah i walked in all of the main living spaces that are like you know um living visible basically yeah Yeah. that's fair i'll Uh, allow it extremely shortly after he makes this discovery and meets up with felix and z to tell them a a different hitman walks out of fucking nowhere and takes the dad out and this is where we get the reveal that felix and by extension z are in on this whole organized this whole hit basically they call the hit on their own family uh and i i don't think it's spoken at this point it is at least later but at this point i don't think it's spoken but i mean just based off the fact that this family clearly hates each other and is clearly loaded it's for the money it's for the insurance the will the you know whatever you want right fucking poor paul couldn't even catch a break almost what he watched most of his family die and then just gets his throat slit mid-sentence it's just disrespectful 
It is disrespectful to him, but it's also, I think it's such a nice twisted reveal. It's like a reveal done right, you know, because he's just like, yeah, Felix is just like standing there and he gets like his own dad's blood on him. And then he just turns to the hitman who like, you know, you, you know, you're watching the scene play out and you're like, why is the hitman just standing next to them watching? Like, it's almost like for a second, I think like, do these people just have this understood like damn, this is really happening. And then, like, it's like, <laughs> almost going to have, like, a comedic moment where they, where, like, the killer kind of looks at these two and they kind of just scatter at that point. Yeah. Uh, but, no, he just turns to him and he's like, really? You had to do that right in front of me? And that's when you're just right like... Right in front of my salad. Right in front of my salad. Right in front <laughs> of my goth, black makeup-wearing salad. <laughs> I can't lie, though. I I can't say that this reveal was, like shocking to me because like i said i kind of knew felix was in on it almost immediately right but right. So, i think yeah the, you didn't really get the shock value the wildest thing about this is this is the death that fucks with felix he's watched four people die now and this is the one where it's like damn like what yeah huh? that's fair i think it's also just because like this one like you, you know he got messy from it so it like felt a little bit more real because it's like, all right, I can handle like the idea of my family dying, but I don't want to do any of the dirty work. Hence why he hired hitmen. So when he does get dirty, he's like, this is not what I'm paying for. <laughs> this is not how I envision this going. Yeah, uh, there's <laughs> I don't know if you've seen either of the babysitter movies on Netflix. I have not love those movies uh but and they will definitely appear on the pod at some point but in the second one there's a moment and it's it's not even a spoiler it's just a very small moment and i won't even go into that much detail but if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about uh with him and jenna ortega and jenna ortega does like a prank spook on him on the main character and mm-hmm. the main character does something that is not pleasant for uh, any party involved and then his immediate oh. his immediate reaction to it is well that was not fun for either of us <laughs> and that's what i feel <laughs> what like the fuck that's what i feel like felix <laughs> that's what i feel like felix is thinking when when his dad's like nasty throat blood gets all over him he's like oh well that was not fun for either of us <laughs> the fun is gone now fuck you ruined it yeah uh and then we we cut. So now we know that these two bitches are evil. Um, and we cut back to Aaron, who's kind of like in a pursuit with one of the killers. Oh, also, I think it's kind of hilarious that these hitmen are just like going around killing all these people. And the whole time they just have like headphones in. They just vibe. Yeah. Do when they die. Then another day at the office, hacking up a white rich family. Listening to a self-help podcast like. Right, right. Uh, so <laughs> that's. I just thought that that little detail is funny. Uh, but we so the gang. Oh, oh, she wounds him. That's what it is. That's why I couldn't remember. She she wounds him, which scares him off. Like, and it's kind of funny because he's wearing like, you know, the sheep mask. It's like a yeah. little lamb scurrying away. Oh, uh, was this when uh, Drake wakes up? Yes, yes, yes. Drake, who is now arrowless. Someone pulled the arrow out of his back earlier, but he's still alive. Not in great was- shape. I think it, he pulled the own air, his own arrow out of his back, and then he passed out because of it. Uh huh. I think I, I think I also recall a, a similar moment. Also, I don't uh, know if you caught it, but it pissed me the fuck off when I saw this. He got up and he walks into that like little like pe- uh, 
where the front door is, like that hallway, and he has yeah. his eyes fully closed and turns to this guy and then opens his eyes and then he's surprised. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why were your eyes fully closed like that? <laughs> like, he's a great distraction for Aaron, but what the fuck was that? Yeah, what a, what a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this movie. <laughs> uh, so I I like that the Felix Z reveal is done like a little early on because now mm-hmm. we get some like tension kind of playful filled uh, moments where you know she's all like we got to board up the windows so she's like mm-hmm. taking these two by fours and driving some nails into them and Z's like they're helping her and and we get a little exposition here because like while they're doing it Z's like how the fuck are you so good at killing people and she explains that she grew up on a survivalist compound because mm-hmm. her father is like one of those crazy nut jobs who thinks the apocalypse has happened happening soon so we like is storing up on like guns resources food and like everything bomb shelter all the way right uh, also I, yeah. I do love that she grew up in a survivalist background because like i don't think i've ever seen that in a final girl i think it was yeah pretty it's very unique. change of pace and, and honestly pretty simple explanation this is like a 20 something year old woman that's all you need to tell me she grew up in an area in a in a hardcore survival area so i mean like I get it. But also, she's from Australia. I would just assume I was going to say, yeah, not to mention that she's fighting off eight-foot spiders every day and shit, probably. Fist fighting with kangaroos every single day just so that she can get the chance to eat. Yeah. Uh, and we get, like, uh, some some cutesy tension moments where, like, Z's about to whack her with one of the boarded nails, uh, but then she turns around last second and she has to, like, drop it like she wasn't about to hit her with it. That's so bullshit. She definitely saw that. That's... Fu- I, ooh. <laughs> There's no way she didn't see that. Like her her lowering it so quickly. Jesus, Siri, go away. Like you mean you didn't see her uh like she saw her like lower the weapon? Yeah. Like she fully has it over her shoulder and then she just like drops it last second. And it's like, no, you you saw that. <laughs> that that was what you thought it was. Um, I don't know. I could buy it because like at this point, I guess she doesn't really have reason to believe that anyone in this family would like be out for it, you know, but maybe she does see it and like subliminally get a little suspicious, but I guess that's not really conveyed. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. So we, we have another run in with the, the, la- the killer Aaron, like, does she like fully just bolt out of a window extra quickly? Yeah, she jumps out of a window, I think. It's it's really funny. I, I think it's right here where, like, the killer appears and then, like, within a millisecond, boom, out the window. Like, not even thinking twice about it. And it's literally, just, it's just, it's, I think it's just so funny to see her just, go, no words, just boom. Literally the craziest fighter girl I've ever seen. Like, the yeah. last time we saw a character jump out of a window like that in a horror movie, he died and became Paimon in Hereditary. Good for her. <laughs> Yeah, and then, like I, it, it, she like throws something at him because she knows that he's approaching behind her, but like fully misses. But I also feel like that's kind of accurate because like who hasn't been like yes, dead on precision, and then you throw and you're like so off, and that's why she jumps oh, out the fucking window. This that that scene also pissed me the fuck off too because he fires at her from like two feet away, right? Mm-hmm. Why did he immediately go for the reload and not just kill her? 
Because she was already out the fucking window. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, I'm thinking of like a little bit later when she's like in the woods. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, she Cause jumps it happens out the window. Again. Yeah, she, she, she lands. Uh, she takes a pretty heavy fall, gets a little bit of glass in her. So she's, you know, a little scraped up now. But uh, so she, she lays one of those nail boards at the foot of the door. So when he walks in, he steps on it and gets real like fucked up in the foot. And so now, mm-hmm. now little lamb over here is just angry. He's pissed. He is pissed. And then uh, we get what I would consider to be probably the objectively most batshit scene in this entire movie and in probably any movie that came out in 2011, to be honest. Uh, where Z and David? Drake? No. Felix? Felix! Z and Felix go upstairs to the bedroom where the mom is corpse is just mutilated dead on the bed and she starts trying to fuck him! She's all like, fuck me on your dead mom then. (laughs) All I wrote for that was she is unwell. (laughs) This scene gives me a lot of emotions because like it's campy it's kind of cunty on her move it's it's kinky with a q and like but also it's fucked up and he is totally not into it uh he is like why the fuck would you say something like that and like pushes her off but also i'm conflicted because you know what i think Felix is my least favorite character in the entire movie. Agreed. I do not like him. He's a little fucking bitch. He's over here talking about killing his entire family. Doesn't want to do the dirty work. Has an Annie when gets he gets blood all over him. And won't commit to fucking his girl on top of his dead mom. Like, girl, if you're going to do crime, do crime. Yeah, if you're going to go, go there, go all the way. <laughs> Yeah, like, how are you going to pussy out at that? This is where we draw the moral gray line, mommy killer. Like, please. Is this before or after we he killed Drake? Uh, I believe after. Yeah, I forgot to mention that he fully kills Drake. Uh, not the hitman. Like, he does it. He just, like, the Drake won't shut up. And then Drake just, or Felix just fucking stabs him in the gut and ends it. He's like, and he, and he like, has, like, a tantrum. He's like, why would you just fucking die already? I, I found I found this scene hilarious. It is because funny. I was, especially because like Drake's acting is maybe not great. It's not good, but I was like, with how resilient he seems to be, I think it would be fo- so fucking funny if he got stabbed that many times with all those screwdrivers because they do like a, a pan out shot. He has like eight of them inside of him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I think it would be so funny if he kept living and he, like, made it out to the end. That would actually be quite funny. I think that would be, like, a, like a good running gag, but it also might inject a little too much comedy because, for the most part, this film has a pretty pretty dark tone. It's not really cracking jokes. Yeah, that's fair. I think, for me, like, this movie is already kind of stupid, so I'm like, you know what? Just go the entire way. Just fucking commit to the bit. Keep him alive. He's going to be the punching bag throughout the entire movie. He's going to become like the 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 Black Knight from a uh, fucking Monty Python where he gets his head fully cut off and he's all like it's just a flesh wound. 
but a mere flesh wound. That's basically how he acts. Uh, <laughs> basically, he, um, fucking, he gets fucked up so much. Yeah, he he really does. And also, one more thing about Z trying to get uh dicked on the dead body, the face she makes after he like removes her off of his lap is like so haunting. It is the most like what the fuck I'm going to kill you rage induced stunned baffled gaggery face I've ever seen and it's like scary. <laughs> I, it's the scariest shot of this movie honestly because I just am thinking what is going through her head and I'm like I do not live for that woman's brain. Yeah, and I mean at this point she probably would have killed him. Right, right. So she gets all pissy and or he gets all pissy and leaves and Z is just like chilling next to the dead mom corpse and she's just kind of like, "Oh, okay, work." <laughs> Good for her. And then she fully like steals her jewelry too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just to make her even worse. Just like loots the ring right off the corpse and just wears it. And it's like, you're a freak. Right, right. Uh, and so what happens next is that uh, Hitman that Aaron bashed his brains in like they were Ch Campbell's chicken noodle soup or something. Uh, the other Hitmen discover the body. And we learned that the hitmen, at least two of them, there's there's I think there's three total and at least two of them are related. They're brothers. And so he gets hella pissed because his brother is dead. And that's not how this was supposed to go. So they get in a massive verbal argument with Felix and Z uh, and Aaron is in the other room, crept around the corner. So she overhears this. And this is when she's like, oh, these bitches are in which is also like stupid of him to assume that no one would get hurt on their side. Like you broke into a house full of people and didn't expect to get hurt and or die. Like you're not invincible, my guy. Fair, but also just the fact that they're like in the gear they're wearing and the like uh the fact that they're just like listening to music like it's nothing kind of insinuates to me that they have done this a lot and are like experienced hitmen. So when this dude when this twinky ass prissy bitch dude sorry that sounded really offensive i just felix is such a little bitch oh but also i'm gonna say that because of that it kind of came off to me as overconfident and messy right. okay yeah i can i can i can definitely see that for sure because it's not exactly like this is a profession with hr if they fuck up they can right. exactly like cast a complaint on so that's kind of like how I took it of like, you're not fully grasping what could happen. You're just kind of like in your head about it. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, Aaron overhears all this debauchery in the next room and she realizes that she has got more enemies than she ori originally planned for. Uh, so she... How does the situation unfold from here? I think uh, uh, Felix and the hitman get like heated and Felix is like, I'm going to pay you more, which is like, yeah, yeah. He de They definitely talk about like getting paid more. But then uh, I think I think Aaron accidentally makes a noise like a floorboard creaks or something. So she like, oh, no, no, no. A... Her, her phone goes off. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think Crispin tries to call her some shit. Yeah. Also, so I she, think this is where they yeah. reveal, too, that the hitmen were in the military. And if so, they fucking suck at combat and they're not worth $800,000. <laughs> like, I wonder on the black market, wherever he, like, found them, if there's, like, a Yelp, but for hitmen. <laughs> <laughs> they like, died too quickly, three at a yeah. time. Yeah, three stars. One of them was messy, got blood all over. Another one died on the job, would not recommend. <laughs> I don't think I'll be hiring him again. Right, right. So uh, Aaron gets the drop on another one of them and like stabs him in the fucking like eyeball, upper forehead kind of area with a knife. And then there's a badass like poster style shot of her holding an axe with like uh, some wounds and just this pissed off like fuck yeah face. Love mm. to see it. Aaron, Aaron's good. We love Aaron. I love Aaron. We love her. She's great. And yeah, and this is where she goes full Kevin McAllister and booby traps the house up a little bit, kind of holding down the fort here. Uh, she puts Chekhov's axe above the front door, which is a particularly interesting concoction. And I, I, I'm like, hmm, this looks interesting. This is interesting, <laughs> sorry. I was looking at my notes. I actually had it highlighted when the 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 hitman got stabbed in the head through the window. All I put down was skill issue. Skill issue? Yeah. <laughs> As in knife skill issue? What do you mean? No, just like skill issue. Like he didn't fucking look around. She just right in the head. Yeah, she she really got him. God, uh, these hitmen then, are terrible. Yeah, they're not doing great. Uh, so they're having another fight in the woods about all this. And, you know, he's all like, let's fucking finish it. Like this is done. And uh, this is probably my favorite sequence in the movie. She, being Aaron, leads the last hitman down into the dark, dank basement. And she sets up this digital camera throwback to like take pictures every couple of seconds, which uh, produces a flash. So we get this really like stylistic kill scene where she gets the drop on this dude and bashes him but like all we see is the camera light flashing every couple like two seconds so it's it, it's it's a pretty cool effect that i i enjoy and and definitely enjoyed back in back in 11 <laughs> which <laughs> I, I actually super Love this scene. Like, this is the yeah. best scene in the movie so far to me. I, I agree. Like, I think this is probably my favorite scene. In the movie. Like, when I think of your next, I think of the beginning a lot because, you know, like the color scheme and the color palette mm -hmm. is so like uh, brown and orange and everything. And it's like a very sticking visual image that I can easily apply to this movie. But then yeah. my mind immediately goes to this this camera kill. Both of those words with a Q apostrophe. Nice. But like the shots are all like really creative. The scene itself is pretty creative. The tension yeah, is really it was, good. It's edited really well. Very much so. It was it was well thought out too. You can tell like the choreography and and all that. <laughs> this is the scene they give a shit about. <laughs> the scene. Which like uh, I also I'm I was a little bit sad that this hitman died because like I think he was my favorite because he was the one that was treating Felix like the fucking idiot that he was. Right, right. His name was Tom because at one point Felix was like, "Calm down, Tom." <laughs> we love Tom, Tom the Hitman. We love Tom the Hitman. 
R.I.P. I, I would have loved like a, a like a a heel turn for him where he just turns on Felix. Yeah, that would have been a that would have been a nice moment. But uh, yeah, all the hitmen are dead at this point, and but we know the cat's out of the bag that Felix and Z are big bad. But uh, at this point, they should be pretty fucking scared because yes. like. This woman took out three professionally trained hitmen and they think they're going to get her with their crossbow. Mm. So they are, you know, doing their weird shit. Uh, 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 Felix turns on the, turns off the cell phone jammer. Um, I forget why though. Why does he turn it off? Is he gonna like call for help? Why does he turn that shit off? I think he just assumed that Tom was gonna kill her, so he was like, "Well, since I'm right here, I'll just turn it off." I see. I'm not entirely sure. No, I think Crispin might have turned it off, right? No, 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 no. It definitely shows Felix turning it off, but Crispin has like access to that, and once he sees that the cell phone like services back that's when he's like oh it must be over but that's yeah in a, that's in a that's in a few minutes first we get yeah. a pretty cool uh battle sequence sort of thing with uh, z and felix versus aaron and it takes place in a kitchen uh which is really cool because it makes for some some nice choreography you know he's coming at her with knives she's hitting people with frying pans at one point she like throws water on him and he's like it's not even hot you stupid bitch but then before he can even finish the sentence slips and falls in the puddle <laughs> hilarious my favorite um, point in the entire movie yeah and, uh, she so she takes stupid. a she takes a little little baby blade to the shoulder and still like a fucking monster is just taking these two on and in probably the most memorable kill in the movie because I I would say if you're like if you're like name a kill from your next someone most people are probably gonna say this one uh Aaron takes a a blender and breaks it against Felix's face, which kind of knocks him down for a second. <laughs> and then she plugs the blender in and then turns it on and shoves it like blade down into his head. I, I, I like this kill a lot. I think it's very Mental it's, as fuck. It's so inspired. Great kill. Very final destination. Love it. What was that one uh internet bad movie that took place over like Skype? Uh 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 Unfriended. Unfriended could never. I haven't seen that one. Is there like fucked up there's a, kills in there? No, there's just like a blender moment. Uh, and it's it's ooh. nowhere near as good as this one. Yeah, this one's hard to top. Other than that, I can't really think of any blender kills in horror besides these two. Uh, that I just mentioned in this one here. But uh, so Felix fucking out kind of hard to live from literally getting your brain scrambled. And in another badass kill, Aaron takes the little baby blade out of her shoulder blade <laughs> and jams it into Z's head, like the top middle crown of her head. Don't. Aaron must have some fucking killer arm strength to stab directly honestly, through a skull. That's honestly hard. She broke bone, bitch. Damn, impressive. Yeah, and that uh, effectively takes Miss Z out. And at this at this point, the threat is dead. She she's killed everybody, so she kind of sits down, takes a fucking chill pill, 
And before she can even really get a breath in, she gets uh, a phone. Call. Well, actually, Felix gets a phone call whose corpse is lying next to her now. And, and still she- breathing. I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> the entire It was so distracting to me. He's lying dead on the ground, but he's breathing the entire shot. Wait, wait a damn minute. No, he is not. I'm, yes, I'm, he is. I'm watching this shit back. Oh, no, Felix, do better. It was so fucking distracting to me. Oh, I, yeah. I saw like a micro great. movement and I just like stared at him the entire time. Yeah, I see it in his little tummy. She's he's respirating. All right. <laughs> this, that's not how dead people work felix at least he's wearing black clothing so it's like a little less noticeable uh but this is when so so the phone rings and it's felix's phone aaron answers uh and says literally nothing just silence and dipshit dumbass fucking can't think two seconds ahead crispin over here is all like did you do it yet is it done and so we are now gagged to find out that Crispin is in on it as well as Felix and Z. And he has given himself away because he took no caution whatsoever with this phone. What if literally any other member of the family answered that fucking phone like Aaron did? Because he so Crispin, we forgot to kind of mention at one point, like dipped the fuck out of the situation uh, said some thing, said some like pretty bullshit excuse about like running for help and like getting to a car or or something and like getting outside this the cell jammer range. And so he kind of just dips out. And this is when you know he kind of makes his entrance back into the movie. And he's same thing, little bitch mentality. He's all like, oh, you know, I just can't deal with the blood. Literally, I, I I think I wrote that down. Like, his family's right. He is a bitch. He is a fucking pussy. He might as well have not shown up at all. Right, right. Like, what? Like, ugh, like if they absolutely needed a witness that badly, they could have just, like, had Z. Aaron's, pres- Aaron's whole presence there in the entire movie is puzzling to me. Well, to be fair, he does say uh, we needed a witness, someone who isn't Z, obviously, Basically meaning that she looks like a fucking psychopath and that in court, I don't think too many people are going to believe the quiet girl who sits on the witness stand. Because can you imagine if Z lived and was the witness? Like, just picture her on the witness stand, like, testifying. And she's just, like, in her, like, little, like, monotone voice, just like, yeah, they killed them. I saw. And, like, does this eye glare? <laughs> like, she could not. She would not pass. Like, those bitches would be like, uh, your honor? I think she's the murderer. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of fair. But still, you know what I mean? Like, if you needed a witness that badly, like, I don't really understand why he brought Aaron. <laughs> well, to be fair, who else was he going to do? Because if they if they ruled out Z for, for the reasons, you know, they think or whatever that we just that we just kind of talked about, it can't be another family member because they can't hide this from that family member forever. There's too much risk of getting found out or caught if they let any of the other family members survive. And, and, and also the other family members have to die because uh, they need the full inheritance. They can't have all these little ratty children taking some of the slice. Mm. Yeah, I guess. 
So there's not really many other options, you know? Uh, Aaron is the only true... Uh, well, yeah, she's the only true outsider who could be protected because she's directly related to the people responsible, you know? Like, it couldn't have been Tyreek because Kelly's not in on it. There's too much unpredictability, too much un uh, too much out-of-control elements, you know, if Tyreek were to, like, be the witness and testify. Because who, especially, like, what if he pulled, like, Aaron's moment and, like, overheard something from the other rooms but played played dumb, and that's how he managed to, like, live to the end, you know? So yeah. there, there was a little too much, like, unreliableness. So I think, I think Aaron's really the only person who could have been the witness. But at the same time, it's still kind of a stupid idea because, like, what if there was the situation that ultimately did happen is she found out. That is true. They didn't. They are kind of dumb as shit for not really accounting for that. And, and he even says he's like, "We didn't expect you to be like really good at killing people," which, which is, is a little disturbing, by the way. But also, like, girl, what are you talking about? Like, you didn't expect the bitch to fight back. Also, you are not trying to fucking gaslight her right now. It's weird that you're trying to kill your family. This motherfucker, man. Uh... Sick. Like go back I, to the truth or dare porn video. <laughs> literally, I think it's super fucking poor planning that Crispin wanted her to be there to be a witness and not let yeah. her in on the plan at all, or at least like make it so that she would never find out so she could be a witness. Yeah, but that's no, even he, if I agree. I definitely agree that Crispin was sloppy as shit. This was not a well executed heist in any way, shape, or form. And even if it was going to work in the first place, because had it even gone right and half of their family died and there were like, what, four people left at the end, at the end of the plan, they get right, investigated so fast. Like, yeah, like there's certainly like, like a paper trail or something they could have like, there is definitely, they probably would have gotten caught in some way, shape or form. But, um, but yeah, they, they they didn't really plan this out the best because whether or not they expected Aaron to be, quote, really good at killing people. Yeah. So you're it's... telling me you're telling me that you expected this woman to not fight back in any way, shape or form. And you gave her full protective like. uh, uh What is the word I want to say? Custody. I know that's not correct, <laughs> but like, you know, immunity. Like, yeah, they gave her they gave her immunity so she can't be harmed. So you're basically saying don't pay attention to her and like you know, she she doesn't she can live. So there's not really any stakes for her. She doesn't know that. But but even at then she still gets attacked several times. True, true. They got to rough her up. They can't make it look, you know, like she can't walk out unscathed. That would be a yeah. obvious. But even then like and Crispin's all like, oh, my God, it's going to be OK. I'm like going to be super rich now and then we can be in love. And it's like, bro, she's going to have PTSD for the rest of her life. Very that. And also, I will say, uh, I don't know if it's maybe the way the dialogue was written or the actor who plays Crispin's uh, acting uh, acting in the scene. To be fair, I mean, he is a porn actor. This is his first movie. Wrote. No, I can't. <laughs> People are going to get confused. Uh, anyway, um... I'm going to I'm going to keep that as canon, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I do find the moment where he kind of goes really in depth to the to the plan a little cringy because there's like a moment where he's like, "Babe, you know how broke we are, right?" And I'm like, "Girl, you are surrounded by your dead family and 
the crime, the jail time, the everything that you are going through, and you're over here like, you know how broke we are? Like, I don't know. I just found it really cringy. No, <laughs> like, I, I, felt like, I felt like there was a I felt like there was maybe a better way to phrase that. Like, even had he convinced her, like, to go through with it at all, like, I wouldn't trust him again. I'd trust a meth addict with my social security number over this dude ever again. Yeah, like, how, did he really expect her to just be okay with this and move on? What, uh, legitimately, what did he fully expect from this? I don't know. If I knew how a homicidal maniac thought, I would know how a homicidal maniac thinks. True. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I, I hate great. this scene. What a fucking dunce. I'm happy he's dead. Yeah, so she, no fucks given, stabs him in the neck because she's like, yeah, no, fuck that. And I, she literally even is like, doesn't she even go like, why the fuck not? <laughs> Pretty much. I think so, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so she she takes him out. Um, but unfucking fortunately... It is at this exact moment that a copper shows up, witnesses this, and to this outside cop's perspective who just showed up, he, you know, he gets a distress call, people are dying. He sees this woman literally kill someone who essentially was unarmed and did not provoke, like, you know, she took the swing. Uh, and out of contact, I mean, I'm very team Aaron killing her, killing him, obviously, but this cop just sees this, so he sh fucking shoots Aaron in the, like, shoulder or something, in a, in a non-lethal uh, spot. So, it, and he is, like, seeing this scene, because he's, like, looking from a window. He, like, he, like, approached to, like, see in the window to see if he can get a, get eyes on the scene first. And that's when, and, you know, the windows are broken because Aaron jumped through, like, half of them, and the other half got shot off by crossbows. And so, yeah, um, she'd be jumping out of windows like, this is Resident Evil 4. And, the property uh, so, value is plummeting as we speak. As we speak. And so the cop walks around to the front door, but uh-oh, she tries to warn him as her booby trap, the axe, cinder block axe, uh, is up there. So the cop comes through the door and then uh, slams down, boom, really, really well done transition into the title card, your next credits roll. That's the movie. What do you think of this ending last moment sequence? I am conflicted. I am also conflicted in the waist, brain, and thighs. <laughs> I mean, like, the cop is dead, so she might actually have a chance to explain what happened. So I think the cop dying might have been a good thing for her. Yeah, what but do at we the think same about time, What do we think about Aaron's fate? Do we think she lives? Do we think she uh, dies? Do we think she gets a not gets away with it, but, you know, doesn't get jail time? <laughs> I think there's a very strong case that she's fine. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I could definitely, I mean, I'm sure some people probably think she maybe bled out and died there, but I think based on everything we saw in the movie, she, she lived and got out, but yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think, think a thousand after, percent. Yeah. Between all the just DNA evidence everywhere, the fact that there's like literal hitmen like dressed in hitmen attire uh, yeah. i think there's i think there's enough evidence and even though there's no one to to back her claim i think i think there's enough evidence where she would be cleared and the jury would not find her guilty so yeah i, I agree think she gets off free but yeah it's it, it, it's a weird ending because like you would think she maybe gets off a little more rewarding but the cop shooting her is just such a like jarring tension 
shift and then he walks through the door and dies, which I do think is cool, but it, it just seems like sort of an abrupt ending. You know, I found it. I, I don't tiny hate bit, it. I found it a tiny bit egregious, but like still fitting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I definitely don't hate this ending by any means. I just think maybe we could have went out on a, uh, uh, smoother note instead of just, all right, it's over. You know? Yeah, no, I, I kind of think that this ending was really rushed. Like it, it, it kind of gave me the sense of they were going to do something else. If maybe she was just gonna leave the property or something, or I don't know. But it just kind of came off to me as very rushed, it, especially because like the cop just kind of appears out of nowhere. How long has he been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is that is kind of weird that he just kind of appears. That and that's why I think like he must have been like sneaking up on the property trying to see if he could gauge the situation before just going head on. Uh, but, and you know, he sees, he saw this event happen he was like, Oh, gotta act. Right. <laughs> but, like had uh, he so... just walked up when she stabbed him or was he listening the whole time? And that's when he decided to do something because if that's true, the case, true. that's a terrible cop. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I this ending kind of leaves me a little bit conflicted. I don't love it, and I wish it was something else, but it kind of just is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the same time, I don't know if I can necessarily offer a better suggestion to how I would have liked to see it end. Uh, it just feels like, uh, imagine, like, um, I have no analogy. <laughs> 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 okay i really i thought on the matter and i did not I, nope but yeah uh so so over overall what would you give this movie like maybe not numerically but like you know on some rating system like thumb, um, thumbs up middle average like where like put it put it on some spectrum of rating it doesn't necessarily have to be numeric so when i chose this movie i thought i would like it i while I was watching it, I don't know if it was just the rose-colored glasses coming off, but somehow on this viewing, I started to really not like this movie. The plot holes became very apparent to me. I thought that um, the acting was subpar in a lot of scenes. Uh, the sound design was atrocious. Uh, in a lot of scenes, I don't know if you've noticed that might be because I was wearing headphones, but I, yeah, I didn't really have too much of a problem with the sound design. And and I agree that the acting can be a little bit dicey, but I, I don't know if I'd say like a, like it was never enough to de derail me from the movie. I think Drake specifically pulled me out of the movie several times. Yeah. He's kind of a, just a lion, whiny little nasty. He's whiny. Guy. His actor is not great because like, like I said, the At dumbest thing role, was, yeah. You know? The and, dumbest and, thing Drake's character does is he just like walks up with his eyes closed, like. And and I will say, uh, this movie, uh, I okay. So first of all, I love a home invasion movie. That's that's a subgenre yeah. of horror that I do really enjoy, and I tend to tend to like them. You know, like the first, per well, the Purge movie that chronologically yeah. was released for God fuck the way they named that franchise, the 2013 <laughs> one with Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Uh, that one was good, you know, like The Strangers, you've got um, Hush, you know, I, I, I like a home invasion. It's it's a fun little setting that you can really explore and do a lot with, and it's almost like 
competitive territorial because one person's going to have a home field advantage and you know you can eliminate it, it, they tend to be rather fast paced which i like since yeah you know if, if someone's breaking into your home it's kind of taking place really quick it's not like you got time to cut away and the killer comes back and all that so uh oh don't breathe is another like ho- reverse home invasion movie almost so uh yeah i i like a good home invasion moment and this this delivers on that aspect for sure and then another yeah. great thing this movie definitely has running for it is Aaron. She's yes. great as a final girl, very well acted, likable character, like overall just just scores highly on the what are you looking for in a horror movie checklist. Nice. So I do she, agree. There are a lot of things that I loved about this movie. Like you said, like the final girl, I think that some of the kills were really interesting and yeah. really well crafted. But I think the plot holes that were big enough that semi could drive drive into it. What, like what? What are some plot holes? Do like what is one you can think of? I I think the the biggest one was Crispin fully not understanding how or what Aaron re- would react to or what like just his whole whole character and what his whole plan was. That was the biggest plot hole for me. That's because fair. It, that's fair. And I and I think maybe there's a little bit of an argument too, because like how you see it as a plot hole, I maybe see, just see it as a character flaw, whether that be because of like lazy writing or underdeveloped thoughts, you know, like however it may be. I I I kind of perceive it as just Crispin being a shithead, unprepared, way in over his head on what he I- enacted in. And so, like, I, I definitely could see it as a plot hole as well, because it's like, how the fuck did you not think of this? But I also kind of just attributed to him being, like, just a dumbass, basically. Yeah, and, and then just, like, overall, there was, like, some character choices that were really odd to me that pulled me out of the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, like, the camera work was good at points, which is, like... uh it. It it doesn't save the movie for me really, but right, right. I think the worst offending thing to me, especially as like an audiophile, is the sound design and mixing were awful for me. Interesting. I don't remember the sa- uh, sound design being being like that. I I uh, um uh, I might have to watch this movie with headphones or something. You know, I I, I actually want to um. I have the Blu-ray of this movie, so I, I got to check out the special features. I'm not really sure what's on there, if there's a commentary or behind the scenes or, or yeah, what. But um, but there are some scenes where the mic is just peaked frequently, the audio quality dropping drastically and sounding super echoey. A lot I of the totally f- know what you mean. I've seen the movie Clue like a million thousand times. Yeah. Like, arguably just as much as I've seen the Scream movies is how much I've seen Clue. And there is always a moment when Mrs. Scarlet uh pulls the gun towards the end spoiler for the like 40 year old movie if you haven't seen it but uh <laughs> it doesn't matter there's the... three endings that too she pulls the gun and there's a part where she says uh professor plums un contacts and like when she says it the mic peaks and i'm like what boom operator fucked that up so i totally know what you're talking about i think about it every time i watch the movie it's unnoticeable there's a few in that movie actually that i always notice because i've seen that movie like a million fucking times but anyway unrelated sorry back on topic no you're all good but there was a lot of scenes where that happened where i was like ooh, ooh the, they need to fix their lot their their mics yeah yeah perhaps yeah i i uh have and i don't think i've ever watched it with headphones i just kind of played it off 
you know, I, sound bar. I think this this movie was somehow much worse because I watched it in headphones. Mm-hmm. Because I think the 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 sound design, it might be good for like theater, and it might be good for if you're just watching it on TV. I do not think it was meant meant for headphones, because the, even like the foley work of like driving people walking, like right, just sound right. sound effects, awful. <laughs> They're Can terrible. I ask how you watched it? Did you watch it on Peacock? I did. I wonder if that's a Peacock thing or if that's just the movie, you know? I, I, I genuinely I think it can't. was a movie. I mean, it definitely could be, for sure, for sure. I, I, I can't really speak to it because I've never seen it with headphones. But yeah, if that if that is the case, it's it. I mean, it sucks, you know? that could yeah. it's, The sound design can really make or break a movie because if you can't hear what the fuck's going on or like the music's too loud and it's distracting, you know, it, it, it everything in a movie is crafted so particularly. So when it's altered yeah. in even the slightest way, it can really change the perspective that you see the scene on um or maybe maybe this movie just really doesn't benefit uh or age well on rewatches either because like i said i watched this 10 years ago so there were some things i saw coming yeah that is fair so i don't that is true i don't know that this movie necessarily has the most rewatchability because there is there is sometimes where i i I think about this movie and if I haven't seen it in a while i'll ask myself i'll be like is is it on your mind because it's like resonating or do you actually have the desire to watch because i'm i'll like start remembering the good things about it and like its impact you know with aaron being such a cool final girl and some of the kills and everything and like yeah i I super enjoyed aaron around when this movie came out a lot of people know this movie because of the masks uh of that the killers wear and and even people that have not seen the movie that run in like horror circles if you're like oh have you seen your next i i feel like a good response to that that you'll hear often is oh is that the one where they wear like sheep masks or whatever you know something like that yeah yeah so so that's good that they got something to kind of stick but they weren't really going for like iconic villain status you know yeah well i i might not run in those circles but what when i think of this movie i i genuinely do think of like the final girl in like the like um adult home alone thing where she sets up traps like, yeah, like that use the good the good things in this movie are good enough to stick. Like you were saying, the the yeah. Home Alone sequence of it all, the Aaron being such a good final girl, the camera kill, the even 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 just the the first kill she has on the Hitman, where she just like bashes his brain out. That is uh, a a a thing that I remember being younger and, and, and being like, why do more people not do this? Like if I was in that situation, I would not just do the one stab and done. I would make sure that yeah. motherfucker is dead. So I, I remember being at, at this time of this movie coming out, I, I was kind of hunkering for a scene like that where the final girl or whoever just really triumphs over the villain and gives him a taste of his own medicine. So to see her just like bash his brain and I'm like, fuck Yes, like that is what someone would probably do in that situation and and what a lot of us would do if we were because at that point it's not even it's not even fear, it's anger. You know, anger that that your life has been so turned upside down like this all of a sudden that so much because I mean after this life altering, PTSD, murder charges, trials, press maybe like everything. So it, it's a completely life shattering exist uh, uh, situation. So at that point, it's just like anger. And now in 2023, it is almost a 
cliche to have a scene where the character like beats the fuck out of stabs the fuck out of like bashes their head in you know i can a lot of movies where that happens is coming to mind the newest scream ready or not uh uh i feel like i think of a few others if i really think on it Uh, but um yeah that was a strange thing about the johnsons yeah it does does have a strange thing about the johnsons which came out the same year interesting maybe they were sharing notes interesting interesting indeed yeah there's there's a lot of like horror things in here that i think are done pretty well but i think as a whole like the things that were glaring to me at the time of rewatching it really drug the score of it down quite Mm -hmm. a bit to the point where Mm-hmm. As I was watching the movie, I was looking at the IMDb page, which I had originally rated it like a like a seven or eight, and they changed mm-hmm. it down to a six. Uh, you said mm, we need to go lower. The, yeah, so I think out of ten, this movie's de- definitely like a six, maybe even a little bit lower. Okay, for sure. Like a like a, maybe like a five point eight. Yeah, yeah. Not, not to say that like. It's awful. It's definitely right, watchable, right. but the things yeah. that popped out to me were the terrible writing for Felix, the <laughs> the sound design, and the plot hole with Crispin. For sure, for sure. I would put this movie, I guess if I had to go in the numeric route, somewhere in the like seven to eight range probably you know like a strong yeah. seven and a half i i do think it's really really stylistic i i like how the events unfold there's a lot of like really memorable and, and visceral imagery in this movie it doesn't it doesn't really hold back on the gore you know you've got the animal masks like i said the color palette is like you know when someone says you're next i think this like brown orange color palette and i think red for all the blood and like the the blood on the wall oh also i have a question yes for why is this movie called your next i'm not entirely sure it's it's kind of another one of those like kind of plot holes where it's like maybe it was a fear tactic of like whoever went into the room i don't i I don't know it didn't yeah because the hitman didn't quite strike me as the sadistic type they sort of just seemed like the get the job done type so i i'm not really sure where the whole your next was coming from because it's also not even really a slasher uh it it happens to be that they're kind of dying one by one but it's i i don't i wouldn't uh, i guess it is kind of a slap it's it's slasher light it's slasher light. I would go. I would rank. I would put it in the sub genre sub genre of home invasion before I would call it a slasher. But then again, I did include it in the slasher season because it does have that like one by one, and you know it kind of volleys between killing the good guys and the bad guys. So it it is a slasher for sure. But yeah. uh, it's maybe not the most traditional formulaic slasher that we're used to with like one guy in a mask killing everyone one by one you know what i mean we get a little we get a little bit of interchangeability and we have multiple killers yeah we get three dudes and all of them are dead now three dudes and an aussie i still have i'm holding out hope that tom still how made it at some point like i know his head is caved in with that brick but still he's he's floating around there somewhere He's floating around the in the ether. The spirit of Tom. Yeah, I don't know. I think 
I, I genuinely think that this movie is the best on the first watch. If you watch it again, Agreed. it kind of loses all of the charm. Yeah, and you know, there there are some movies like that. And and I can totally and I can kind of sort of agree with you. I, I see what you, you mean by that and and definitely agree to an extent. because uh, because like I said, I sometimes I'm like, am I really itching to rewatch this movie or am I just remembering the really good scenes and that's all I'm kind of in the mood for? Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's your next uh, 2011 home invasion home invasion slasher movie with a badass final girl and some questionable dialogue and m- motives. Overall, I I would say I I do enjoy this movie and would recommend. Uh, overall, you know, if you had to sum it up, how would you say uh, this movie makes you? Feel uh, like you- I think. My tagline for this movie is it's the best slasher that you should only watch once. Um, Every time, like in the future, if you think about watching it again, don't just keep it in your rose colored glasses. Just kind of keep it in your thoughts. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I feel that. I feel that. I, I think I still stand a little bit higher overall than you, but I do feel and hear your critiques criticism complaints comments and concerns con- concerning this movie i'm kind of happy I, I at least pulled you a little bit over to my side because now because yeah it's, 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 it's by it, no means yeah. a perfect movie that's for sure yeah um and but yeah, it truly kind of was a debate this time good job yeah i know I'm, I'm happy about that and uh it's nice to debate because like I'm not going to come for you if your opinion's different, but like I do want to hear these multiple perspectives. And uh, there was quite a few instances in this movie where you perceived something entirely different than how I did, and it altered the experience. So you know, it's important to to talk about the you know, it's fun. It's fun to kiki and and gush about a good movie, and, and not unfortunately, but 2022 just happened to have so many good ones. And I, you know, reviving this podcast and everything, I'm like, I want to do movies. I'm excited about. I don't want to get on this microphone yeah. and just shit on a movie for uh two hours but at the same time that is fun to do every so often and there will most definitely be movies that i dislike uh and and have quite strong opinions on that will make appearances on this podcast i have some plans there so uh it was nice to get a real good old-fashioned deadly debate on this episode nice i'm kind of curious as to what like if you could give a hint which movies you didn't like Um, or which movie to narrow it down to one I am not so there were okay I'll be I'll be I'll try to be a little vague. Uh if you follow me on Letterboxd you can literally just or watched the uh bonus Patreon episode where I rank all of the 2022 horror movies I saw. Uh check out that episode, subscribe to the Patreon. You're not you're missing out if you're not. Uh I there was a movie that came out in 2022 that is most certainly tailored to a niche audience in which I would say I'm a part of However, it was the execution for me that made me really not like it. And the people it was tailored to, it tends to be quite a hit with that uh, uh, niche audience. And so much so that when it came out on like 4K Blu-ray and all that, it like sold out in like minutes. So it's it's definitely a cult classic that people love. And I will admit has some super admirable moments, but overall very dislike on the movie. uh, Whereas a lot of people really enjoyed the movie. Nice. On the inverse, are there like any horror movies coming out that you're like excited about? 
uh, yes, 2023 is starting off uh decent pretty somewhat strong you know i just went i actually just went and saw megan today uh so that was a lot of fun and i overall enjoyed it i have i have lots of thoughts but you know different podcast episode uh so megan is out now go check it out definitely worth seeing go check it out and then next month we have cocaine bear directed by elizabeth banks i am so excited for that i am so excited from cocaine bear dude i am gonna get unreasonably high before i go see that movie (laughs) that is that that i feel like is the only way you should watch cocaine bear edibles 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 yes uh and then the following month in march we have scream six which do i even need to talk about how fucking excited i am for that movie uh uh uh, attention when i do the scream six episode it's gonna be good i have i think the scream six episode is i mean no matter how the movie turns out and how the discussion is i think just the way i'm gonna structure that episode i think that's gonna be probably one of my best episodes of the podcast that's good that's awesome that's exciting i can't wait for it Yes, so keep an eye out for the Scream 6 episode. It will air the Monday after the movie comes out. The movie comes out on the 10th, which is a Friday. So Monday the 13th will be the Scream 6 episode. And then uh, I forget exactly when. I actually don't think it has a release date. But, uh, you know, us, us, us Ari Aster fans, we're getting Bo is Afraid later this yes! year. So I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm so excited for it. Parker Posey's in it and work. Hell yes. uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was your next as well as a little glimpse into 2023. What lies ahead for the year? Uh, if in the event, my lovely listeners, my creamy consultants would like to find you, Sir William, where can they do so? Um, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Wilfrick with two C's or you can follow me on Instagram at Wilfrick with one C. I don't know why Twitter had to fucking cuck me on the on on my my actual username, but it, it is what it is. You. It C blocked you. Yeah, just the same. But it is what it is. Or you can follow my dead podcast at the moment, Cryptid Creations. Hell yes. Uh, if you want to find more of me, first of all, follow the podcast Twitter. You know the drill. I'm posting the movie we're talking about on Friday, so that way you can watch it, get in your stream of consciousness by the episode dropping on Monday. Uh, I post announcements. I post, you know, um, uh, teasers about what's to come. Uh, so follow the podcast Twitter at dotd underscore podcast. If you want to follow more of me and my drag, please do because. A bitch knows how to work the house down, okay? And more people need to see it. Follow me on Instagram at queen underscore cream or on Twitter at queen cream. And last but not least, check out the Patreon. I have so many good ideas for bonus episodes that uh, just don't fit the main, you know, format of this, of the main show where it's just horror movies. Uh, But the Patreon gives me so much creative control to do other things and branch out and the next bonus episode that comes out shortly or may even be out by the time you hear this episode uh is over resident evil 4 and that was like such a fun discussion i think if you like resident evil 4 you're gonna love that episode because we just totally went kitchen sink 
uh, about that video game and just in time for the remake that's around the corner. So go check out the Patreon if you want to be in the group chat and hear some bonus episodes. And they're not all about video games. There's there's other stuff. Like I said, the first one was me ranking all the 2022 horror movies. So go check it out at Queen Cream Debated the Dead. The link's in the Twitter. The link's in the description of this episode. Come check me out. Come be part of the creamy army. The cream army. There's certainly a pun there that I'm too stoned to think of. <laughs> but yes, you got it. This, yes, yes, yes. This has been another fun episode of Debate of the Dead. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs>